0: In a faraway slice of the Megaverse, the inhabitants of Flova are preparing for a mission to a mysterious, primitive planet. What they find there will change the course of their history forever. And maybe yours, too. Put on some headphones and harness the power of your imagination with the illustrated podcast, Flovatar, a dust odyssey. Dun, dun 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 One of the Japanese schoolchildren hummed a familiar ominous tune from a popular shark movie, while Fasco hauled an unconscious Floyd onto the beach. The terrifying blockbuster Jaws and its subsequent sequels had drilled a fear of the toothy creatures into the minds of people around the world. The entire beach cleared out when Floyd's Mohawk had been mistaken as a menacing fin. The sunbathers thought he was a great white, or a tiger shark at least. When the children realized that the hunk of metal Fasco struggled to pull up the sandy dunes was, one, not a shark, and two, an incredibly complex droid, their dread turned to wild enthusiasm and they inched toward her like a pack of curious felines. They poked and prodded at Floyd's parts while Fasco spoke out loud to no one in particular. It took her a bit of verbal puzzling to figure out why Floyd had been out in the water, taking in so much that it had shut down his functionality completely. He must
1: have followed me to the beach, but since he was still under the opposite command rule, he was forced to not look at me. He might have been floating out there in the waves for hours, but why wouldn't he just go the opposite direction and head as far west as possible? Why did he refuse to leave me alone?
0: The students who were less baffled about the whole situation than she expected, talked amongst themselves. She looked down at Floyd, his ridiculous swim trunks wet with salt water and his comical hair he gained when they crash-landed on Earth now styled in beachy waves. Could that be the truth? She had always been a bit addicted to technology, with its reliable functions and endless uses. It had never bullied her in primary school for having strange hair, like the floven students did, she wished they could see her even stranger, purple-tinged hair now. Floyd, she whispered, and shook his metallic shoulders.
1: Please, power back up. Please, wake up.
0: Before she left Clover for her journey across the megaverse, her mother had actually accused her of loving her technology more than her own family. It was only fitting that her closest companion on this journey across the universe was made of metal rather than flesh. But Floyd couldn't possibly think of her as a friend. That's not how his programming worked. He didn't have free will. He couldn't be attempting to override his commands, could he? Fasco snapped back to reality just in time to stop a pair of twins from pushing down on the robot's chest at regular intervals. And she explained that whatever was wrong with Floyd, emergency human medicine would be fruitless.
1: We won't be able to fix him like that. We won't be able to repair him here on this beach at all because, well...
0: The mining droids sent on the mission to Earth were pre-programmed to not allow any sort of reset or tinkering. Fasco had thought this was so there would be no risk of Earth creature interference. She knew the truth now, after Floyd blurted it out when his filtering function went off kilter. The droids were inalterable on Earth so that no floven, Earthling, or other could get in the way of their true mission, extracting as much dust as possible and eliminate anyone who stood in their way. Fasco, Franklin, and even Nostos hadn't been able to repair Floyd's defects. Now, even if she wanted to just power him back on, she would need dust. Fasco hadn't the faintest clue how to harness it without an extractor, and she had busted hers back at the shopping mall. She flipped Floyd onto his torso to investigate any further damage.
1: Oh, Flork! He ripped his swim trunks on some rocks, too!
0: She could see a sliver of a microcontroller sticking out of his backside. She sighed. In her mind, she was back in the bathroom during primary school. Alone. This time, technology couldn't even keep her company. Nudity was strictly forbidden on Japanese beaches. The students noticed Floyd's unfortunate chip slip, and immediately laser-focused on a curious objective, searching for seashells. They filled plastic buckets full of speckled exoskeletons, and then, to Fasco's amusement, they brought them back over to her.
1: Thank you for the gift, but—
0: She was cut off when a young girl thrust the bucket into her hands and pointed at Floyd.
1: What am I going to
0: do with these? The girl huffed and rolled her eyes. She took the bucket back from Fasco and began arranging the seashells around Floyd's lower half in order to cover his wardrobe malfunction. The other kids soon joined in, arguing about which shells would complement the hues of his gray, synthetic skin. Then they tied his new swim trunks together with pieces of seaweed they had found on the beach. They wove in a few strands into the remains of his spiky mohawk. By the end of it, Floyd lay peacefully on the ground, having been completely made over to look like a mermaid, Fasco didn't know whether to laugh or cry.
1: Oh, buddy, if this is how I leave you, I couldn't think of a better way for you to go out.
0: She grabbed his pincher arm to give it a squeeze and closed her eyes. Fasco nearly leapt into the air when a slight electrical shock singed her purple palm. Was Floyd powering back on? Impossible. She hadn't infused any dust into his system. How could this silly exercise have produced and harnessed dust? She took inventory of all the dust-rich objects she had experienced on this trip. The Game Boy, the books at the children's store, the used basketball. It seemed to her that dust came from something close to invention. The idea was right there, but she couldn't quite reach it. His eyes twitched open and closed a few times, and then Floyd stood up. His body half-covered in beach treasures, He looked like he was ready to go on stage at a music festival and play an acoustic set. What came out next wasn't exactly folk rock. The noises that Floyd emitted in those next few minutes resembled the early days of dial-up computers, which of course Fasco, an Ilium lifeform from an advanced society, had never experienced. She was horrified at the grinding dial tone that leaked from his ears. Finally, he stopped calibrating and turned toward her. Fasco cried, attempting to leap into his arms, which she quickly pulled back and sent her flying into the sand. Who is Floyd? I am FL-01D, mining droid. Which biosphere am I currently inhabiting? Flugali, Fasco thought as she shook sand out of her ears. He's lost all his memories. He doesn't even know we're on Earth. She wondered.
1: Sorry, FL-01D, sit down.
0: Dutifully, he dropped to the sand. A few seashells scattering around him.
1: This is incredible! Your opposite functions have been fixed!
0: Who are you and who are these creatures around me? Droids do not get along well with Psyche like They have an abundance of chaotic energy.
1: Oh no! These are children! Human children! You are on a planet called Earth in a sector called Japan.
0: Scanning. Are we under threat?
1: No, But we need to get back to Flova as soon as we can. We were with a bigger group and, well, we sort of got left behind. I think they went to Russia. Oh, I'll have to explain later. We need to get out of here before the teacher notices what I'm doing.
0: Where did we come from?
1: Flova. Well, then some city I forgot the name of. Then Tokyo. Wait, let's go back to Tokyo. To Yokio. Why didn't I think of this before? Floyd... Oh, you're just going to have to get used to me calling you that. We need to head back to Tokyo and ask to use the portolium. This time, follow my every command.
0: In ancient Greece, Rebus writhed uncomfortably as Galen and Paul hoisted him on their shoulders and paraded him around the grass. He had just been crowned boxing champion of an ancient Olympiad. How this squirrely, hairless, gleam-streamer operator had fought his way through the ranks of substantially larger Grecians was puzzling to Franklin but she was too thrilled to investigate the intricate laurel wreath that lay on Rebus's bald head was adorned with a piece of red glinting treasure a piece of portalium the element that would finally allow them to cut home was lodged into the front of the wreath it was the biggest piece of it she had seen so far Portalium an element discovered by Flovins on a rogue planet held the power to transport organic and synthetic matter through time and space via portholes. It was the same particles that had been intertwined with the original Game Boy collection, allowing Nostos and crew to dictate where their travels would land. Franklin hadn't stopped to think exactly how they were going to use it. The Game Boy was dead. Its batteries last changed in Japan, but maybe the element could power it back on. When she followed a train of thought in her mind... Back to the moment they had left the Nintendo headquarters, her heart stopped. There was a piece of portalium in Japan that they hadn't dared mess with, for fear of breaking the chain of events that would transpire. They needed it to become integrated with the Game Boy so that Nostos could find it 20 years later.
2: Wait, Nostos!
0: She said to the older Flovin who was panting behind her, barely keeping up with Gellin and Paul's theatrics.
2: Can we take a piece of this portalium from the crown? Won't that mess everything up?
0: The butterfly effect. When small changes in initial conditions can lead to large-scale and unpredictable variation in the future state of the system, it's very probable with chaos theory. Of course, that's only if you're thinking of time as a linear object.
2: Do you think it's possible we're splitting timelines? Absolutely not. This
0: isn't a Marvel movie. We are keeping this simple. A what movie? Never mind. Well, someone would win this crown, regardless if we are here or not. The logical plan is to act like it was supposed to be us all along. Gellen and Paul whooped in the background and threw Rebus in the air like they were tossing pizza dough.
2: (sighs) Nostos, that's not my only problem. How did this portalium get to ancient Greece? Do you think the piece you brought with you to Earth split off into different times, not just Japan?
0: Franklin asked. It was a decent specimen, but not that large. It's more likely that someone brought it here. I can't figure out the angle. Franklin perked up at this.
2: I know who to ask.
0: When Franklin came upon Theano, wife of Pythagoras, she was saying goodbye to various patrons and pledging to keep in touch. It seemed that even people in ancient Greece promised to make plans and then never followed through. Many Pythagorean writings would be attributed by scholars to Theano long after her time had ended. Her studies of the Golden Ratio would inspire mathematicians for millennia. But at this moment, she was playing the part of a gracious wife, and partner. She noticed Franklin and gestured her over, sending a drunk vendor stumbling on his way.
3: So, you were able to win one of the loro crowns after all.
0: The philosopher cocked her head.
3: Very lucky. Confidentially.
0: Franklin leaned forward, though she only came up to Theano's midriff.
2: I had no desire for one of our crew to win an Olympic event. I only wanted the treasure attached to the front of these crowns.
0: If Theano was surprised by this, she didn't show it. Franklin continued.
2: But I have a feeling you know that.
3: Yes. I was informed that the crowns this Olympiad would be adorned with something extra special. You could say it's the reason we are here. It's why we sponsored Milo. This is his fourth time winning an award at these games. We knew he would win. Your other champion gave him a run for his money, though.
0: Franklin could see Gallon and Paul in the distance now, playing a game of tag except the tag was a punch in the arm. It had seemed impossible at the start of the mission, but they seemed to be warming back up to each other. If she didn't know any better, she would think they were friends.
3: Why did you want it? The red stone? For the same reason I'm guessing you did. To explain the secrets of the universe. To open all the doors to discovery and step through into the cosmos.
2: Well, I admit I wouldn't have put it so eloquently myself, but you're kind of right. We need to get to a place. A place too far away to travel in a straight line.
0: For some reason, Franklin felt comfortable giving away this truth to Theano, who was admittedly a complete stranger. Still, she didn't feel like she was in danger. Her perceptions of others' emotions and motivations were maturing without her AT device. Some might call it growth.
2: I've seen something like this before, but I can't imagine how it ended up in Greece.
3: Do you think you are the first that are not of this world to visit us?
0: Franklin Gate Was Theano speaking of the other Flovins? She had seen the statues outside of the temple. Or maybe something else totally foreign, a population of a third species. The rogue planet had seemed abandoned when the Flovins discovered it. Had all the living beings already migrated off? She looked toward Theano, who had missed the eyes now.
3: Do you know how to travel through space? And time,
0: Franklin added. Theano was genuinely surprised by this response.
3: Space and time. You are saying you didn't take a linear journey here?
0: Please,
2: this journey's been nothing but linear. It's been like a pretzel, like a mall pretzel. A what? Never mind, I won't torture you with the explanation of a shopping mall food court to you. Be glad you won't have to deal with that in your lifetime.
0: Theano nodded toward the great temple of Zeus, Being baked in the sunset.
3: That holds the key. The rectangle, the ratio. You will find your answers in there. So it's always been about the numbers?
0: Franklin replied.
3: Everything is numbers, and everything is magic. Theano winked. Go into the temple and use the element to complete the golden rectangle. You'll know it when you see it. Watch for the sun.
0: But how do we know where we're going? Nostos cried.
3: Use your imagination.
0: She winked and then began to float away like an angel or a flower petal, whisked away by the breeze. You know, Franklin called after her.
2: You are one of the wisest people I've ever met. If anyone deserves to have a theorem named after them, it's you.
0: Theano stopped before the wind could carry her to her destiny and eyed Pythagoras.
3: What's more important, who discovers the theorem or that it's discovered at all?
0: Paul, Gellin, Rebus and Nostos followed Franklin toward Zeus's temple. Armed with what seemed like intentionally vague information from Theano, she turned to her Philosophlo to help fill in the gap. It was the only piece of technology that hadn't failed them on the trip, and the golden avatar told them the history of Zeus. King of sky and thunder, Zeus was the legendary ruler of the Greek gods. He was everything. The chief of all his peers, champion of the heavens, He really kind of sucked up a lot of attention that the other gods should be getting. Hmm, Zeus sounds like Gellin had a poster of him on his wall during secondary school. Paul smirked. Let me get this straight. The key to time travel is... Imagination? Don't make it sound so stupid. Gellin chuckled. Well, it is kind of. Franklin, accidentally on purpose, kicked him between the legs, and although floven anatomy varies a bit from the human body... This was still enough to put him out of commission for more than two minutes. Zeus's temple at Olympus resembled other famous Greek buildings Nossos had studied, like the Parthenon. It was made of limestone, covered in stucco that gave it the famous off-white color, the ancient version of fake hardwood. Before the stairs was a pronaos, which was basically a front porch, and behind that were three large steps. Rows of columns held up the structure Nearly 70 feet tall. The most magnificent part was the roof. The tiles were marble, cut so thin that the sun could nearly shine right through them. The last rays of the day danced on the sparkling floor, and the symbol for the Greek letter Phi was inscribed in the middle. Sculptures of mythic chariot raises, beautiful bodies, and snarling gargoyles lined the building. If there were anywhere that a god had existed, This had to be the place.
2: Alright, where do we
3: put the artifact?